0: Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi,
1: everyone, and uh, welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Uh, today, we have the pleasure of having a great guest with us today, Andy McFarlane of Treehouse Investments. Andy, thank you so Andy. much for being with us.
2: My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I've been jockeying to be on this for like months now. Finally, you let me in. I got past with <laughs> stuff. <Stop.
1: laughs> we had a, a bego, Andy. Uh, Andy's quite a busy person. Uh, he, I mean, I think you closed about three thousand uh, deals just last week. Is that oh my year? goodness! <laughs> 3001. <laughs> no, but thank you though. I appreciate it. <laughs> good. Good. Well. We'd love to hear a little bit more about um, who you are, uh, what you're up to, and uh, just tell everybody a little bit more about, um, about your process. Yeah. How far back do you want me to go? You want Why don't you go present day? And then we can get back to a little bit further on uh, where you started and uh, the steps you took to,
2: uh, to build the awesome team and system you have in place. Yeah. Okay. Present day. So um, I have a few different businesses, but the one that most people care about, which you guys are probably talking about, is buying and selling houses. So wholesaling and retail flipping, which we we're putting money into it, flipping houses. Uh, that's what I do. Do that in 3 different states. Last year, we did just over 240 deals, 245 deals. Um, a portion of those were flips. But that was in 3 different states. Utah, New Mexico, and Indiana. And I say that and it sounds impressive because most people are hearing that are like, Oh my gosh, Like, ah, I did like 3 deals or whatever. But that was just them. I have an awesome team of people that's helping me do that. So it's not just me. I actually touch the deals less now than I did years ago. If you get, take me back in the time machine to we you want to talk about that stuff that, we, that I did previously. But I touch deals less, but I do more, more deals now because I've got an awesome team of people help me do it. Every step of the way. So everything that, that real estate investors, anybody listening to this does in their business, I've been there, done that. And now there's people on my team who specialize in each one of those individual processes, if you will. So that's how I'm able to uh, amplify my time and do more deals is just through delegation, really. I mean, let's, a team talk a
0: about, let's talk about that more, your processes. So how did you create these systems and processes that you currently use?
2: One step at a time. It it, it really evolved from me um, years ago. Probably I don't know. I've been doing real estate for almost 15 years. um, Got into it the way most people do. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. It was a paradigm Mm -hmm. shifter, but it was not a great real estate book. But it kind of taught me the the paradigm of passive income and all that stuff. So I started. You know, real estate's the the method there. So I started buying, fixing, selling houses at rental properties. But it was all just me, right? Because I can't afford to have anybody else. It's just me, right? So I did that until one day I kind of had this. I guess I had the epiphany where it was like what if I could have somebody help me with these things that I'm not very good at? In fact, I want to take credit for it, but I really didn't have credit for it. I, uh, I had a person that was a, uh, a bookkeeping company. They sent me a piece of marketing in the mail and I was interested in that marketing. because I was interested in direct response marketing at the time. So I just wanted to, I called them not because I wanted their bookkeeping services. Cause I was the best bookkeeper in the world. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But I called them just because I'm like, I was curious about the mail they sent me. It was not just a, a letter. It was at a creative mail piece. It was called lumpy is lumpy mail. If you've ever seen those before, it was a tube and when you opened the tube, there was 3D glasses in it. So I pulled out the 3D glasses and then you pull out the, the, uh, the piece of paper in the tube. And it was one of those eye games. That when you put on the 3D glasses, you can read it clearly. And it had some, some little thing <laughs> that said like, not seeing your business clearly or something like that, right? Awesome. <laughs> so I called the, the person there not to subscribe for their bookkeeping services, just to ask them, hey, this is creative marketing. Where did you get this done? I just kind of give them the boys and the props. So that's what I did but they were good on the other end of the phone. They answered the phone and they spun me into a meeting and they said, hey, let's let's talk. So I said, great. Went to lunch with them. And uh, two, the owner of the company and a bookkeeper met me there and we talked about my specific needs and they were good. They listened to me. Like they, good business practices, right? They listened and they said, hey, look, what would your business look like if you didn't have to spend the time doing the stuff in your books? So I said, okay, I uncle, right? I agree. They twisted my arms. They agree. So I hired them as bookkeepers. So that was the first thing I let go in my business. I wasn't coming home from lunch anymore with my receipt and entering into QuickBooks anymore, right? I finally let that go. when I let that go, um, man, they were so much better at it than me, right? And it was just so much... It freed up my time. So 100% of my time was spent doing stuff that freed up whatever 20% of my time. I can use that 20% to do something else in my business. And then so I gave that piece up and then I realized I hate project management. I was running around to all projects like real estate investors do. Home Depot, Lowe's, meeting contractors, negotiating stuff, cutting the grass if need be, right? I'll do anything, <laughs> um, not valuing my time at all. So the next stage was I had a, a project manager. I said, okay, look, here, you do this, right? So bookkeeper went, project manager went, and then I realized I hate answering the phone. I hired somebody to answer the phones. So they started taking those phone calls. And then I realized I hate putting together marketing. So I hired somebody to put together marketing. So the phone keeps ringing. And then I thought my sacred cow was, I love seeing sellers and I do love sellers. I love helping people and listening to people and solving their problems. But I realized that that can be outsourced too. There are people better at it than me because although I can be there and absorbed in three you know, in sellers' lives, I can probably do eight, 10 appointments a week. Mm-hmm. What if I, I can't serve 50 sellers a week if I'm the bottleneck there? So I outsourced that as well. Had people go see sellers. And it's just grown from there. One sales rep, two, three, four, five, six, sales management, transaction coordination. My goodness, guys, Uh, so much with transaction coordination. So there's all of these things. So the team just kind of grew organically, right? Organically, like a cancer. It just (laughs) just exploded. Yeah. Yeah. exploded. But that's what it was. The whole thought process is, well, Andy, I don't, where do I begin? Begin with the thing that you're not very good at that you don't like doing Um, start with that or start with the low value tasks. What can I hire out at $12 an hour? And you think, well, I can't afford that right now. Well, I would tell you, you can't afford not to do that. Because if you want to make $50 an hour, but you're stuck doing $12 an hour job, you'll never make 50. And people say, I want to make a million dollars. We'll take a million divided by 2000 working hours in a year. right? And that's $500 an hour, I think. So if you want to make a million dollars a year and you're doing $12 an hour jobs, you're diluting yourself. Like It's not going to happen. So that's how you do it. Yeah. Thank you
0: for that piece of advice. We were just talking about uh, answering phones, and just as we just to give you just to give you a clue, just as uh, we got came onto this, my phone rang at least three times, <laughs> and, I, and I have not hired somebody to answer the phones yet. So we've here been I through
1: have. the uh, the metamorphosis of a, we we've we hired people and not put them apart. But you know we're all guilty of it. How are we ever going to find someone to do this role? Because I, I'm always the best one of it until I find someone to do it, and I, or I don't have enough. time I am to do it. Doing it. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And then it, it's tough because it's like, how am I going to find somebody to do this? And it enters in training them and it enters in management because you've got to manage people. Delegation is great. You get it done, but you've got to manage that person. Management is getting things done through other people, right? So it adds other layers of stuff, but it's worth it because it gets you more time, right? Correct. Management is just leveraging your time, doing things to other people and also giving the other people an opportunity to do what they're good at. You're robbing people of an opportunity to do this, do something if you're doing it when you shouldn't be. So think of it that way too. Yeah, that's
0: a good way. That's a good way to think about it. Now I was going to say, so when you say like you hired your transaction or not transaction coordinator, but your, um, your acquisitions manager, the thing you
2: love doing most, did
0: you just walk us through like how you train your, your
2: people? Yeah. Um, well, it depends on the person depends on some of them. I've not been the best train in the world. Sometimes we're just throwing them into the deep end and let them swim. And I do believe that actually you find the right person. That's, that's good. That, um, that has the right attitude and then you can train them on the tasks but if they have the wrong attitude and they're good at the tasks, then that's, that's definitely mm-hmm. that's not a good thing. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. You find the right person and put them on the bus and get them on the bus. And if they're in the wrong seat, we can move them in different seats. But they're going to learn through just doing... Like, How did you learn how to do anything? right? How did you learn how to answer the phone with real estate? You just do it. You got yeah. thrown into it. You answer 100 phone calls. And all of a sudden, you're better at it. You've got your own process and system for that. So it's the idea of bringing in the right person and then uh, give them some instruction, cut their learning curve a little bit, but say, here you go. Mm-hmm. Best way to answer phones is by answering phones. So go do it, and they're going to make mistakes, right? I've got a, a son who's ten months old right now. He's starting to crawl, and he's falling. And you know, we've all learned it. We all see it. Thank you. And you, I know you guys have a young baby, but you can <laughs> see that process in them. But that's that's how it is for all of us, and it's for all of our employees and people. It's you need to let them make mistakes, let them fail, because they're going to learn through that, and they're going to ultimately be better because of that. So. How did I train? It's different for every person I trained. The acquisition manager specifically, though, mm-hmm. uh, my first acquisition manager was a good person, had some good sales background already, had no real estate experience. So I brought them in. I said um, they want appointments with me. So they went on like four appointments with me. So they just watched me, just a shadow on my back, right? I was talking to the sellers, doing everything I do, being genuine with them, and you know, asking questions and everything. But I had a real estate element to it. So I was I was doing that, and I would you know get a contract or not get a contract, right? Do that. So after four appointments, I was like, "What do you think?" And they're like, "I'd have done it this way, this way." But yeah, I mean, I can do that. So there was a time, literally, like the fifth appointment, had to come back to appointment we were just on, and I also needed to be at another appointment across town. So the sales rep said, "Let me. I'll go to the one across town. You go back to the one where we're at." And we both did. We divided and conquered on that fifth appointment. I went back over here, went back for the second appointment that night, locked it up, got the contract. They went over here, got the contract, and that was it. That was last one. Nice. Amazing. And they developed their own style, right? I gave them room to make mistakes, but said, here's the desired result. And here's the best method I think you should go about doing it. But I gave them autonomy and liberty to go and kind of do it the way they're going to do it. Because I don't want them to be me. I don't want my salesperson to like try to be me, mimic me, talk like me, act like me. I want them to be them. So it's genuine, comes off right. So the seller feels that. The seller will open up to them, tell them their problems so they can take that problem and say, How, here's a solution we can provide. We allow us to help you. And yeah. to the extent that the seller, that we do that, then that's why we do business for solving people's problems.
1: And I would say one of the most important points you said there is that you, you got your appointment and listened. It's a, you see a lot of these people or, or, you know, even, even just on general first steps that you think that the most important thing is you got to get in there and get the bottom dollar price and just that. That's all it's about. Just get in there and get the bottom dollar price and you're good. But there's so many other different ways that you can tackle this opportunity that, that can create, um, it, it can create good faith and also really help both sides. Yeah. I know for you, um, that's, that's a really big part is that, that
2: finding a way to help the other party.
0: Yeah, can you, can you kind of explain your mindset on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the mindset across all things. Everything in life is sales, really, right? If you're trying to sell your kids on eating their broccoli, if you're trying to sell anything, right? So everything is sales, but sales is, it's the way, it's just helping people. So if you can go in and listen to somebody and they know that you care about them, and you understand their needs. Because how can I help you with your needs if I don't understand your needs, right? Yeah. And you understand somebody's needs by listening to them. But you got to ask them questions too, right? A little bit of you know, questions that kind of get them to open up and talk to you. But as you listen, and not just listening for the words, but listen a little deeper to that, like what they're, what they're saying and like the feeling behind the words and like their body language and everything, you can kind of see if they're being straight with you. And you, you can probe a little deeper if you're feeling some, seeing some emotion there, but they're not saying anything. You can say something like, it looks like you're getting... At this I hit a nerve with you here. There's something there. What's going on? Right? Yeah. They can tell that I cared because I read their body language, and they're gonna like, "Wow, he was perceptive of that and he actually cares." He's asking deeper question. They might open up to that as I ask follow up questions with that. It's building rapport because you can tell I care about you, and we're gonna get to the bottom of this true thing. And then you're finally gonna say, "Well, Andy, here's the thing." Ugh. This and is I'm what like, I need. Wow. wow! So you're telling me, Peely, this? So that's what really what's going on here? Yes, Andy, that's what's going on here. Okay. So if we could find a way to help that, is that really it? That's really it. Okay. Well, let's find a way to, to work that out, right? And you, and you come and you offer a solution that solves their problem because you understood their problem first. And at the end of that, you can say, can I help you with this? Will you, will you let me help you with this? Here's, here's what we can do. Here's a way I can help you. Absolutely, right? And then, they, then, they, then, it's, then it's some, in our business, is the form of signing a contract so you can help them with it. But uh, if you take that approach with people, it's drastically different than what you described, Jason. Somebody going they're trying to find the bottom dollar. I love going in behind that guy though, because he just makes me look good. In contrast, they see the darkness that comes there they see the light that comes on the other side. And they're like, well, this person is different. And even if I don't walk out of there with the contract, hopefully I've understood them, given them psychological air. So they feel like somebody's listened to them and I've made their life better as a result of that. And more often than not, they will allow me to help them rather than somebody else. Even if a price was different, they would probably allow me to help them because, because of the experience they had. I would hope. Well, and it also you're also helping them where the other person it's it may be one sided. Okay. Correct. And people can feel that. Can't we always feel that? If somebody's got our best interest in mind or if somebody's just trying to take us for a ride. We know that. We're we're, we're tuned for that. Yeah. We know.
0: So how many deals did you do again last year?
2: Did I do. Oh yeah. last year. We you know, and uh like two hundred and forty. Two hundred and
0: forty. So so you actually we, we you know as in real estate, we always talk about the deal, but like really Andy McFarlane helped 240 people. It wasn't Absolutely. like you didn't do 240 deals. You, you helped 240 Absolutely. people. And I would say that's would be, an amazing uh, accomplishment.
2: There was 240 people whose sellers lives who were affected that I would say we helped. There's probably 240... Well, we didn't wholesale all of them, but there's many buyers whose lives we help because of the skills and abilities our company has. And I would also say that my company, the people in the company, it wasn't Andy McFarland, it was in that home, right? Mm-hmm. But I try to teach my people that stuff that we just talked about there so that they can go and have that ripple effect and help more people. Because I physically could not have gone and signed and sat with 240 sellers. It just wasn't possible. But to the extent that I can train and have this thing that we're talking about here, impact one of my sales reps to go and have that impact on somebody's life then that, that, have that ripple effect, I can help more people that way. And, I, and I'm also helping not only the seller, but I'm helping that sales rep and helping the buyers. So there's just this chain effect of, of good. And I think if you're going out there to do good in the world, you can call it karma, um, you can call it Heavenly Father. I choose to call it Heavenly Father. But, uh, but um, those things, you're, you're calling it good to come in the world and whatever you put out in the world is going to come back to you.
0: Yeah. You put out light, you, should, you receive light. I think so. That's perfect.
1: And he's got the uh the fast talk pace like we do here on the east coast. and so I like <laughs> I keep up with it. You know, I, I guilty. Guess, all right. You know, I, I, he's in Utah, but
0: uh
2: I'm guilty. You're not so. from New York. I am guilty. guilty. You, no. I am guilty um, of a talker.
0: To sort of sort of uh take us in another direction. Um we talk a lot about our own um like our big why. Mm. That's that's our that's and like how it affects us, how it affects our families. So what's your big why, Andy?
2: Mm, Ooh, this is a deep, deep question, right? Deep, deep question. Uh, I've had, I thought a little, I've thought a lot about this over the years. I've thought a little about it recently um, because I do, I do okay financially where I'm okay. But there's people in my company that aren't, I'm getting me emotional here. There are people that I can affect, sellers' lives, buyers' lives, but there's people that, that work with me, they're like they're they're not necessarily okay. And it's not just financially, it's just like oh, everything, right? So I want to be able to have an impact on on them, their lives financially, spiritually, temporally, all of that stuff, and give them growth opportunities through what they do here. So I would love to be able to have an impact, not only on sellers and on buyers, but on people that I work with to give them opportunities to to thrive through the things that I've learned. So there are things we're doing with the company now. Um that I want to have that impact and not so much that it's going to make me more money, but more that I can like give them a place to thrive. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's like, that's a goal that, or a, just a goal that we all should have really. I mean, just to not only impact the lives of the people we work with or the people like we try to help, but the people we work with, I mean, that's Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm just going to say a while again.
1: Just, <laughs> you've taken it part of just how important it is that you, you just have the opportunity to be able to manage your time in a way you do. You know? yeah. and just, if you wanted to take off tomorrow and be with the kids or you wanted to be able to, um, but just to see when other people don't have that opportunity, if someone in their family may be sick, but they're stuck that they have to work because they yeah. have no other option that they're stuck at that task, even though something so much greater and so much more important is happening, but they can't, be at that or involved in that because they're stuck just trying to maybe
2: make it through their day oh. yeah and we are all impacted by the people that are around us you know we've heard before the five closest people to you are the average of those five people well fortunately and fortunately for for us um unfortunately and unfortunately like work is where most people spend 90 percent of their waking hours right yeah. so if your work family is toxic then that's gonna that's just gonna make you more toxic So. Uh, I want it to. I want the culture. I want everybody through our company to like feel empowered, feel like they're growing and learning, and uh, in in whatever job that they're doing there, that's great. And we will see how they are a piece of the greater whole, and that through that they can also be impacted by good people that are also working with them, right? Um, so to me, there's more than just financial. If you if you run a company that way, right? It's big nowadays, right? The Zappos thing and like the you know making people feel good about like hey, where they work and everything. And there's that, but but that's the impact in the lives of people or impacting the lives of the people that not only the customers you serve, but the people you work with, there's value in that. There's value. Obviously you do a good company. You've got a good culture, right? So you can make more money, but it's also like good culture. What if you don't make more money, but what if you have a good culture that you have somebody that works with you for the next 10 years and they look back at 10 years from now and say, thank you so much because my life is enriched because of the opportunity to serve people through yeah. what we do here. Like that right there, like that just makes you feel like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think you can do both. I think you can, through doing that, you'll be a better company, better culture, and you will make more money. But um, that right there, I'm thinking, that's so when I ask myself, what do I want for the next five, 10 years? How can I create an environment and put things through that filter? Are the decisions we're making now going to better everybody in the company? It's mm-hmm. not just a thing of it's going to make me more money, right? Let's expand so I make more money. Let's do this so I make more money. I want to do things so that. If we want to expand, maybe we expand so that we can serve more people within our company, right? So that people can have a great opportunity, yes. right? It's not so much, fi- it's financial, but it's like, it's other treasures. And if you're a religious people talking about treasures in heaven, right? There's a level of that, right? But what you put out into the world, you get back, right? And in Christianity, they talk about, um, uh, they talk about that idea of your treasures in heaven, Lay not for your store treasures upon earth where moth and rust have corrupt, but lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust of corrupt, and thieves do not break through the steel. That whole idea, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things should be added unto you. And even if you're not a Christian or if you don't, but if you do believe in some higher power, you can call it karma, but that's the treasure, the karma you're coming back to. Because money is like, if you know anybody that's got money, and I think all of us have met some people have money, they're just, that doesn't make them happy. They chase that. And even if they get $100 million and they think I'm happy now, they're not, right? It just makes them more of what they already are. So if you're not happy without money, you won't be happy with money. But there's things that are, we're all seeking that significance, right? And that's it's not so much the success of like the money, it's the significance of like, did you impact somebody's life? Because at the end of the day, when you die, how much are you going to leave? Yeah. All of it, yes. right? But you get to take with you your experiences and who you are and your character and the impact you had on other people's lives, right? So that right there. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not this gazillionaire, right? But I think to myself, I hope I've already grasped it at this age, like, I'm not looking for a gazillion dollars. I want to have an impact because that means more, right? Yeah, you know, it's your my legacy, brother? right? Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. Kind of a legacy, right? But at my legacy, I don't need that when people think legacy, I'm thinking this guy's a billionaire. Yeah. Oh, legacy of like when you're, you know when your funeral comes, who's gonna show up there and what are they gonna say? Yeah. Yeah. That that's kind of a legacy, right?
0: It sounds like and we've we've had many discussions about systems and everything. And this like I, thank you for that, just what you just said. Because it yeah. sounds like you've built this like these amazing systems and this amazing business to look for opportunities to serve people.
2: Right. Right. Both sellers, buyers, everyone, and and people in the company. Right. Yeah. And that's the mindset when people come to me and say like, how do you get these people to work for you? Or why, why don't they just go do this themselves? They can, but like, I, I really take the same mindset with them. I don't Mm -hmm. see the people I work with as units of production. Mm -hmm. I see them as Smart, capable people that could go do this for anybody else, but I try to sell them on the fact of guys. If you come here, one plus one is ten. You know, like yes. that's the energy idea, right? And it's not just like it's not just like talk. It's like no, you come here and let's all put our energies together and we can make something better together. Not only can we serve these people better, we'll serve ourselves internally better. And by the way, we can be our own five people or ten people, right? We can be like people that are influencing each other for the good, and we can be so much better together than just divided apart. And yeah, so that's that's kind of the idea that. And that's that's how i think about these things it's not like it's something i've read in a management book to conjure up to try to manipulate people it just comes from like i really feel that way with people i do not view anybody that works with me you know the language i say they work with me i don't call people yeah. employees this person works for me that makes that is that feels wrong to me right they work with me this is the person i work with here's where they go right that's that's just kind of like that how sounds right yeah it just sounds so, right
0: um jason when are we moving to utah
2: <laughs> come on down <laughs> it's funny i've always had a uh i've never
1: been to albuquerque but uh but funny enough that's the one spot that i keep bringing up just about random things well, where do you want to go Well, let's just go to albuquerque <laughs> I've been there for years never being there for, you're, for you're, no i've no, never you know, been either all right
2: I've never been to Albuquerque either. I hear it's beautiful, though. <laughs> I keep saying, I joking that in October they have a balloon festival that everybody talks about. So I'm thinking we should go to the Albuquerque balloon festival in October because I hear it's amazing. I hot our balloons, right? We're, the there. we're in. Yeah, we're that there. would let's let's be cool. Figure out yeah.
0: what it is and schedule maybe it. that's the
2: next seven-figure flipping meeting. We'll go take everyone to Albuquerque in oh, October. You <laughs> know
0: what? Since you mentioned seven-figure flipping, I wanted yeah. to actually talk to you about because the reason why we have Andy on this show in the first place is because we're we want to get our mentors, our own personal mentors, and our personal coaches. And Andy has been instrumental. I mean, I can't even, I have no words to describe like how instrumental Andy has been in my life and in Jason's life and expanding our business. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just recently joined, actually Jason, and I just recently joined something called seven figure flipping. And that's actually part of the house flipping formula family. And maybe Andy, you can describe more about this.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, some figure flipping is just a mastermind It kind of expands on that element we talked about the five closest people to you. Well, what if you had 30, 40, 50 people close to you? They were all in the same mindset uh, of wanting to grow their business. And that's kind of what the seven figure flipping mastermind is about. Um, certainly, uh, me and Justin and a couple of the people are mentors and kind of leaders in that group, but the group is powerful because of the group. It's because right. of the people in the group, right? That's what it is. That's what you find. It's not so much about, well, what's Andy going to teach me today. You know, there's a little bit of tips and Tricks and tactics, but mostly it's you're surrounded by these amazing people on the same journey with you. They're varying levels of their business, and they're trying. We're all trying to progress in that, uh, but helping each other through that. So that's what seven figure flipping is. And you mentioned it's part of the house flipping formula family. House flipping formula is kind of a program for like uh, people that want to learn how to get into house flipping. People think like, oh, I'd love to get into wholesaling, wholesaling, retail flipping. How do you do all of that? Well, that's kind of the questions you get asked all the time. Kind of the one hundred and one, if you will. Uh, how do you comp properties? What's earnest money? Just, how do I talk to sellers? Things like that. So um, I, I love talking with people. I wish I could take everyone in the world that cares about real estate one on one and talk to them for a full day and give them the whole thing. But it's just it's not possible, and they yep. probably get sick of hearing from me. So <laughs> with housing formula, it's more it's it's recorded. We've got these modules they go through that they can put pause, go get a drink if they want to, and come back and hit play or rewatch it again, and they can kind of get those base level of information. Uh, and grow from there. And it's, you know, it's very affordable, extremely affordable for anybody. And also that there's, so there's that portion. There's the active portion of house swing formula. It's got on the Facebook forum where you can ask live questions of, of peer to peer. And also uh, I'm in there and there's some other people that are in there too. So that's house formula. And then some of your flipping is just, Hey, I've been through the one hundred ones. I want to grow this business. Right? I want to, I want to hear about how I can make this, make this thing go multi uh, multimillion dollars and take it to the next level. And that's what that's about. So
0: nice. Um, so going from there who are your mentors
2: mm. good questions is anything off limits here no nope. yeah. <laughs> um i read a lot I, I mean a lot like i read probably 15 books a year but the books i normal i mean i read and it's been no mystery in house for me but um, i read the scriptures uh, old testament new testament um i'm lds i'm a member of the church of jesus christ the latter of saints so the book of mormon um doctrine and covenants pearl of great price so my mentors are I mean, every morning I'm reading, I fill my day first with reading the scriptures. I'm going through the Old Testament and the Doctrine and Covenants right now. So I fill my day with that. So uh, I like to think that um, I'm Christian, so I like to pattern my life after the Savior. And if people can't, like Jesus Christ, if people can't, uh, if they can't tell by watching me that I'm trying to model my life after the Savior, then there's something wrong. (laughs) So that's the first thing I try to put in. I know this isn't like a spiritual show or anything, but that's the honest truth. Like I try to put that in first. Uh, and then beyond, but well, we are about morning rituals. So, so morning uh, rituals. There you yes. go. So this is a good segue,
1: right? That. A great way good to good segue. Yeah, yeah. mindset correct.
2: So um, for our mentors, I start my day with that. So that is my like my number one mentor. Like I would love to emulate. Obviously, the most perfect example in the world of, of my savior. So that's the number one thing. I fill my day, my mornings with that, um, and then I'll go on my morning ritual. In a second, but but I also read things like uh, inspirational books, like uh, Tony Robbins stuff. Uh, Jim Rohn stuff. I can show the books behind me. Yep. Um, Darren Hardy. I mean, there's just all those books. I like to fill my mind with positive things. Anytime I hear somebody who is where I want to be and they mention a book, I get it and I read it and I try to just add all those positive things in my life. So it's a, it's a function of who are my mentors. And I do have physical mentors and stuff too. But the books that are... Anything that's positive, I want to put in my life. So I want to like limit and eliminate the negative mm-hmm. and fill it up with the positive. That's, that's what I try to do
0: Limit and eliminate the negative. I like Well, that.
2: it's true that to the extent that you've only got 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you're sleeping part of that time. So if you're spending your time doing negative things, the secret to life, to success is really just stop doing the negative things, the bad habits, do less bad things and fill it with good things. Right. Cause nature abhors a vacuum, right? So it means it's going to fill it with something. So if you're doing something that's bad, don't just stop doing the bad. It's easier to stop doing the bad if you fill it with something good, right? Yeah. Like if you're you know, diet and exercise type of thing, if you're eating donuts, like stop eating the donuts, eat good things, but then go run. So the more you run, you won't want to feel like eating donuts anymore, right? It's just that idea. It really helps you stick with those new and healthy habits. Um, so yeah, I, I like to try to do things that if it's not a good thing for me, if it's not adding positivity to my life and to all the life of others, let's eliminate that. Let's add the positive things that are good for me and good for others and just move forward with that. And here's another quote I love from, uh, I think it was John Maxwell, but he said, uh, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, you will never change, uh, you'll never change something in life until you change what you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. If you don't do something today about it, it's not going to happen. So change, change things in your daily routine and your life will change as a result of that. So it,
1: it's funny in the uh the few of these we've done just the, the constant through line is people just uh replacing bad habits with good habits and really just starting their day in the right way and and how important that is, especially if people are finding success in you know their life you know their spirituality their uh their success in their business and it it's just it's really um uncanny how how Pretty much throughout that, that line is where people are saying it's the habits, it's the buildup of the habits and, and the, uh, the constant flow of habits from, from bad to good that, that really makes it stand out in their day. It's
2: basic, right? It's yeah. just you never change your life until you change something new daily. Just take your sex, for your daily routine. Like that's really what it is. And Ralph Waldo Emerson says, So a thought and you reap an action. So an act and you reap a habit. So a habit and you reap a character. And so a character and you reap a destiny. It goes from your thoughts to your actions to your habits to your character your destiny. That's really what it is. right? But it all starts with the first thought that turns into an act, which turns into a habit. So it's just controlling that. You know, how do you control your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Who are you allowing to talk to you? Are you letting the TV talk to you? Are you reading the tabloids? Or are you talking to people who are positive people who are where you want to be? Are you listening to them? Are you listening to books? Or are you putting things into your mind from people that you trust, from good authors or good podcasts or whatever that they're going to be good for you, right? Because those are the thoughts you're sowing in your mind and those will produce your acts, habit, character, and eventual destiny if you're a believer in afterlife and all those things. And uh, that's absolutely where I want to be. So I want to control the things that come in. It's just that simple. It starts with just the things you're putting in. Be aware of those because they have an effect on your life. Sure. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, you just answered my last question. It was going to be words to live by.
2: <laughs> <All> <laughs> I of think.
0: I think this entire podcast has been like one huge like word to live by. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I agree. Well, thank you, I thank you so
0: much, Andy. Do you have anything else you want to add? Actually, you know what? If people want to talk to you or if, or if they want more information, how can they find you?
2: How can they find me? God, goodness. That's a good question. I mean, I am obviously in the house flipping formula forums and like okay. something flipping forums, but that's you know, I was going to say sending direct mail with uh, sunglasses that you can uh, <laughs> find the message. It's probably Certainly, right. Yes. Certainly, There's a, definitely a lesson in that too, if you want to get to people. Um, but that's, I'm, I'm definitely around the house moving from this stuff. As you guys may or may not know, I had a, a podcast, I, not a podcast. I had a YouTube channel that we're still kind of deciding what's going to go on with that. But, yeah. uh, I love real estate stories. So if you you know go to YouTube, I love real estate stories. We've got three years worth of just wow. hilarity my brother and I just did videos and it was fun. So we do that. Um, and then, you know, there's contact stuff there, but that, that's probably it. That's kind of okay. where I am, where I live. Well, great.
0: I'll have that. I, I'll have those in the show notes. Awesome. Um, thank you again so much, Andy. Everyone, thank this you, Andy. is Andy McFarlane. And
1: thank you very much for signing off. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. You. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.